You're listening to a North Valley Church podcast. Thanks so much for joining. For more information and resources, you can visit us online at northvalley.org. Okay. Um, well, this morning, what I want to do is I want to uh, just, uh, I'm going to talk to you about what vision looks like. Um, getting out. How many of you um, have already taken down your Christmas tree and you're just moving on? Raise your hand. A few of you. Look at you. Oh, I'm still echoing over here. I don't know if you can fix me. Does it sound a little echoey to you guys? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so um, anyway, we'll, we'll get that fixed. But uh, my wife, same way. She's already fixed the Christmas tree, already taken it down. Like Christmas is over. She like wakes up. She's like, all right, let's take down the tree. I'm like, that is not nice. Like, <laughs> and so she gives me a lot of other chores, but the, the tree came down and, and I got to put it back up in the closet. Ours is artificial. Yes, I know. I can't believe it. Don't tell my family back in Arkansas. They'll think I'm a total traitor, you know. So, but anyway, uh, many people have moved on. We've still got ours up. Uh, so we, we did that in effort to give a break to the staff uh, and so many of the volunteers. So uh, it's been a busy week. The, the junior high, high school, or the high school just had a lock-in. So uh, I went to my office this morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. I walk in, and there's bodies laying around everywhere at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, wake up! It's time to get ready for church! No, I didn't do that. Um, but uh, it's, it, we've had a lot of fun. And so uh, if you see sleepy people on campus today, they, uh, a lot of the younger folks and some of the volunteers uh, had a big lock-in. So that, that's been going on. Well, I hope you got some time away uh, and just a break from kind of the routine, maybe a break from work. Uh, me and my boy, uh, Sam, we took off a few days and went off to the back country, uh, kind of the borderland. We mainly were around Sonoida and um, Patagonia area, beautiful area. I got a picture I want to show you um, of doing a little quail hunting. And uh, Sam bagged his first big Mearns quail, and that's uh, that cowboy there is just an Arizona friend of mine who likes to hunt birds, and uh, we had a blast, uh, literally a blast we did. So um, my soul is a little recharged from that, so thank you for as a church. Uh, I hope you get uh, recharged too, and I'm grateful to God for what uh, happened in, in overall of 2022 and looking forward to 2023. So let me pray for us, and we're going to jump in and uh, look at a really famous Bible verse, probably one of the most famous uh, as it pertains to vision. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I pray for a vision over our life, um, not just for the church, but for us, a part of your church, and that, God, that you would use 2023 to catalyze and to galvanize this group of people called North Valley, your local church, your people, the people you died for, the church that you love so much, you gave up your life for your bride, the church. Um, Father, thank you for that. We're all part of this family that have placed our faith in Christ. We've been adopted in. We're grateful for that. Brothers and sisters in Christ might we be busy and helping build up the family of God for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Here is the Bible verse I want to um, use as a pitching point. This is not your typical message that you're going to hear from me. This is Vision Sunday. I get to unload on you as to all the things that have been confirmed through elders and staff about the vision for 2023. 
The Bible verse is, I'm pulling from the King James Version. Uh, let's read it together. Where there is no vision, the people... Boy, you guys are still asleep. Let's try that again. Where there is no vision, the people... Yeah, you're in trouble. Um, in the English Standard Version, let's look at that just for a moment. Or maybe you've got a Bible, open it up. I'm not going to show it on the screen. But Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. It's a little different there and, um, than the King James, but, it, but that also means that cast off restraint means that people are greatly discouraged. Uh, what is the vision? The, the vision that I think the uh, writer of Proverbs is getting at is where there is no vision, where there is no prophetic vision, where there is no divine revelation, the people of God get lost and they're going to be in deep, deep trouble. Where there is no law, where there is no truth, people get in trouble. Um, our culture is a post-truth culture where divine revelation doesn't really hold a bearing anymore. And as a church, for us to be unified and to galvanize and to move forward, to advance the kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we've got to work together. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to walk through some different points of what vision looks like. That Bible passage will serve as kind of the springboard. And one of the things that I do in order to clarify for vision is do uh, what Moses would do in the Old Testament or some of the leaders from the Old. They would go outside under, or Abraham and go underneath the stars and spend time with God in creation and ask God, what is it that you want for your people? Um, right before the Christmas services, I was going uh, hiking in the Sonoran Preserve, and I was going hiking in order to try to just be, get refreshed and recharged for more Christmas services. And the Lord spoke to me, not audibly, but said, go up that mountain. And I don't want to over-spiritualize things, but many of you who have been a Christian for a while, you know the work of the Holy Spirit, that sometimes the Holy Spirit will kind of like uh, prompt you in your mind or through your emotion in your heart to do something or to say something. And then you're like, I should do that. But then you're like, I don't know if I want to do that because if I do that, it might look silly or dumb. And I don't even know if that's really God. Are you with me? Anybody there before? And you're like, eh, this could just be me. This could just be my conscience. This could be my guilt. This could be, this could be me trying to be spiritually cool. So I'm hiking and I don't want to be spiritually cool. And I just want to hike, but I do sense God saying, go up that mountain. And I'm like, man, it's Christmas services. I don't have enough energy to go up that mountain. I'm wearing uh, New Balance shoes. My kids call them old man shoes or the black New Balance. And so if you wear those, I'm sorry, that's old man shoes for, for my kids. So I, I'll take it. And you know what? I went to bed last night at nine o'clock. Call me whatever you want. You know, <laughs> I'm good. The new year is here. Amen. I didn't have to see it, you know? It's here. <laughs> it's going to happen. We're here. So I'm going up this hill and I'm like, all right, Lord, I'll go up this hill. And then I feel like the Lord says, I'm going to show you vision. And I'm like, okay, good. Cause I got to prep for vision Sunday. But then I'm thinking, wait a second, I need to get clarity on Christmas services, Lord. I just need clarity for Christmas. It's, it's here. I need, I don't need vision Sunday right now. I just need Christmas. And he said, go up the hill. And I was tired, a little discouraged, maybe. You know, there's been some tough parts in 2022. I go up the hill, and immediately I see all these landmarks 
And the Lord says to me, not audibly, just in my mind, see how I've provided, Ryan. See, what happened was years ago, we would come out in this area, and before we ever planted the church, we would hike through the mountains. And one time I remember hiking through the mountains, and this big covey of quail just went, and I was like, Lord, this has got to be the place where I'm going to live. And sure enough, a door opened and we were able to move into that community. And it was like the Lord was speaking to me that way. And then another time we were hiking up on the mountains and we saw and we looked out of the property and we were praying for the, the neighborhoods and the community and the developments. When everything was being developed around here, when USAA was being expanded, when all those new homes were being built, when Harkins Theater was, uh, we were praying to get into there, we got into there. And then... Um, as I'm up there, the Lord says to me, see, vision is about provision too. And I'm like, what is provision? Like, tell me provision. Well, because think about it, even all through biblical history, when God shows people something for the future, he also reminds them about something, how he's been faithful in the past. So oftentimes what happens is, is that God uh, would even do this incredible miracle like parting of the Red Seas, and then the, Isra the Israelites are going to build up a, 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 some, a, a memorial, a reminder of how God was faithful, and those landmarks serve as a reminder of God's provision and His blessing and His power to help them motivate for the future. So I'm on top of that rock quarry, I'm on top of the mountain, and I look down and I see the rock quarry. And then my heart starts to get overwhelmed. See, the story is years ago when we bought the property at the tail end of the recession, when we didn't have a lot of money and most people said, you should never do it. You can't do it. You're too small. You can't buy such a big property. We felt as a leadership team that God said, go do it anyway. And so then we buy the property. We're renovating the property. This used to be a bar, a restaurant, a wedding venue, uh, 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 kind of like a rawhide, if you will. It was rough if you'd ever been here before. Some of you are like, yeah, I used to drink here all the time, you know. Uh, I'm like, well, I'm glad you're here, you know. And uh, so they're shocked, you know, that the, the kids' room is, was the old bar room, you know. I'm like, hey, you know what? Only at North Valley. There you go. So, so we get the property, renovate it, and then we get stuck. And the city says, you have to do something with your parking lot or you can't operate. And we're like, well, we don't have enough money. So we start praying. And uh, one day something happens to where, you know, the word gets out into the community and Madison Granite, Granite Madison Rock Quarry, right up here on North Valley Parkway. I don't know if any of you guys know where that's at. They're the big boom guys, so anytime you hear a big boom that sounds like a bomb going off in this area, that's them. They're blowing up rock, um, and they've been doing it for a decade or more. So they find out we have a need. We can't afford to pave our parking lot, but they find out we have a need, and they say we want to donate 25 dump loads of trucks for decomposed granite. We think this will pass your, your inspection. They gave us $30,000 of decomposed granite for our property so we could keep moving. Isn't that cool? God is good. Um, to me, as a believer in Jesus Christ, it's really nice to have those moments where you're like, man, thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, uh, you're at work, you're working. You know, um, I told you not too long ago, we did this big anniversary thing. It was a surprise. And God had laid that Bible verse on my wife's heart. And then people get up and they start singing this Bible verse, you know, 
It's like God is at work trying to seal a promise in the heart of me and hopefully you that he wants this church to thrive. And so I see the Madison granite. I say, thank you, Lord, for your provision. And provision is linked to vision for the future. Whatever the vision that you have for your life for the future and what is vision, I think a real simple way to describe it, it's a clear mental picture of a preferred future. Vision is a clear mental picture of a preferred future. What do you believe God is calling you to and can you see that in your mind? Because the greatest asset of the body is the mind. The greatest asset in the entire world is the mind. Your mind is powerful. God created you, formed you, fashioned you. And I see this encouragement that God wanted to provide decomposed granite. And I said, Lord, thank you so much. I'm getting excited for the future because if you could provide for us in the past, then surely you'll provide for us in the future. Amen? When you see the faithfulness of God over your life, is it not more freeing and exciting to think that God can be faithful here and now? He never changes. He can be faithful tomorrow. Amen? So we have a faithful God. I saw two other things up there that I'll share with you through the message, but I wanted to start with that. Here are seven items on the list of the vision list for 2023. Number one, these aren't on the screen, so if you want to take notes, you can. Um, I believe that we need to save money for the future. I believe we need to save money as a church for the future. What does the future hold? Expansion, opportunity. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 9 that we're to honor the Lord with the wealth. Um, this church has been blessed. Um, uh, many of you give what's called a tithe. That's 10% of your income. And you're the ones that flourish and make the church run really well. Some of you give just a little bit, and it helps. And then some of you give way above the 10%. And you, you are builders of the church. Um, what do we need to do? Uh, we need to buy the land that's right next to us. When you drive into the property, that fence on the side, the semis, all of that, we don't own all of that right now. There's three acres there, um, and we own about 20% of that property. Uh, but in the future, uh, we have an opportunity to buy it outright. We have till the end of 2024 to buy that land. That land is being held by a group of land bankers, which I'll share more about that story with you at the end of the message. But that land is being held for North Valley for us to expand the church by a group of uh, God-ordained, I would say, people with a kingdom vision to understand the role and the importance of what I will call a freeway church or a regional church or a first church. That when people, the 80 plus thousand people are driving by, they see there's a church there. And most people, just so you know, when they come to our church, they say, well, I came because my wife had a kid or uh, we went through a divorce or I moved or I got a new job. Something happens in life and they just see us. God has planned that. I-17, Joe Max, North Valley. We need to buy that land and we need to start saving for it. So um, if there are a significant amount of excess, excess funds that came in with 2022, 
uh, then what we're going to do is we're going to give a big chunk of that into our campus development funds. Everybody say campus development with me. Campus development. That's where you give if you want to develop the campus. So if you want to develop the campus, you should be giving above and beyond your regular giving, whatever that number is, to that to help expand and develop. So um, we're going to save some money. And then um, by the end of 2024, Lord willing, we are able to buy out the rest of the land uh, bankers in that, if you will. I call them land bankers or a group of, uh, group of individuals that have bought and hold the property for the church and we're part owners in that, um, that land. We're also making some budget cuts. We're going to save money. Um, for 2022, what we're doing is um, we're looking at all the money that came in through tithes and offerings uh, and we're estimating it's probably around a million dollars um, came in to 2022 with, through tithes and offerings. And then what we're going to do is we're doing a 10% cut from what came in from 2022 for 2023, and that's our budget for 2023. You say to me, why? Because it creates, let's use this great word called margin. You need margin in 2023, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not planning for margin, you should. You don't know what the future holds. The Bible tells us that. Um, we shouldn't sit on all of our money, go bury all our money or whatever, but you, you do need to be smart. S-M-A-R-T, they spell in Arkansas, yes. You need to be smart. And so you, you need to, we're creating margin so that we're not going to overextend ourselves. And so we're making some cuts in some other areas. One of the other areas that we're going to have to cut, this is, um, we're going to delay the uh, impact of this till February, but um, starting on um, February, we're not going to be able to offer full free lunches anymore. You say, oh, bummer. But here's the why. It cost us $18,000 to do that last year. I mean, that, is that a lot of money to you? That's a lot of money to me. $18,000. We want to save some of those expenses so that we can do greater things and use ministry dollars to reach more people for Jesus. So we're still going to provide an opportunity for people to have lunch. It just comes with a $5 donation. Um, we're even going to go even further. We're gonna, we bought some Traeger grills. And if people want a free, free, free lunch, they can cook it themselves. De de do it yourself right there. And they can cook their own meat. They can do what they want. Uh, that'd be a really cool thing. Some of the guys in the church talked about bringing wild game. So this will be the first church that I know of. There's wild game cooking after church services. Uh, so we're still going to provide the f deal, but we've got to provide some margin. We just want to be smart um, with our finances. So number one, uh, we're going to save for future expansion. Uh, we need to save some money for, for land uh, that by the end of 2024. And we're going to make some of those uh, budget cuts uh, for 2023. Number two, I would say that we're going um, to strengthen our existing staff team. We're not going to go out and hire a full-time staff uh, a pastor right now at this point in time. Uh, there's no uh, f uh, real uh, fast uh, pressure uh, for us to do that. And you know, and uh, I know, if you have a small staff or a team, each team member plays a critical role, and you cannot afford to get it wrong. Amen? If you have four people on your staff team and one staff person isn't the right fit for whatever reason, that messes up 25% of your labor team, 
and that just messes things up. So we want to wait for the right guy. We're going to work really hard to invest into the wonderful, talented staff team that we have right now. Um, and then as far as worship goes, um, we're working on a rotation with uh, part-time worship leaders. So Danny from Mexico has agreed to coming and serving once a month. And um, so he'll continue to serve with us. And then we'll have a few other guys that will rotate through as our primary worship leader. And I think what that will do for the church is create a little bit more focus for our staff and our individuals. Uh, oftentimes, if you know uh, worship leaders, they're very creative, very artistic, and we're going to keep them in their lane. And that's going to be the lane that they run in. Just music to the glory of God. Amen, amen, amen. Amen? Okay. And so that's what we're going to do. And some of you are like, hey... Um, I like this about our old worship, or I would love to see more of this. Now is the time to give me your feedback, okay? So if you want to share some ideas and thoughts for worship, like go ahead and send them to me. Don't send them to all the worship leaders because that can be really, it can hurt their feelings. So just send it to me, okay? Um, but I would say number two is strengthening the existing staff, um, and we're going to build more into the current staff. So the team that we have, we're going to work with and continue to build into them. Number three for the vision for 2023, it would be this, is we're going to build an army for the Lord. Um, not, a, not a militia, but just an army for the Lord. Uh, we're going to build an army of volunteers that want to serve the Lord. Uh, I'm looking at launching what I'm going to call the 100 Club. The 100 Club, it will be a, a lunch invitation after a second service aiming at empty nesters aiming it completely at those that are in retirement phases of life. And I'm going to call them out of retirement and ask them to serve the Lord in the church halftime. I'm going to ask every empty nester, would you consider um, coming out of retirement? And so you can tell your family and friends, I'm not retired full, full time. I'm a part-time retired and I serve half my time for the local church. I'm looking at a 100 club, looking at uh, adding to our ministry impact with service to the Lord through this church of 100 extra hours per week. That could be five people serving 20 hours per week. That'd be pretty amazing. See, I think the empty nesters, the baby boomers, um, and around that age are probably the most valuable human resources in America right now because they have incredible wisdom. They've got decades of experience. They have season to them. They know what it's like to be successful and they know what it's like to be in a failure mode. Um, they know what it looks like to walk with the Lord. They know what it looks like when people fall away from the Lord. They, they know and I think a church like ours, we're going to grow increasingly young uh, on accident because we've got so many young people moving into this area. And I think what's needed for the older, more seasoned saints is to be incredibly loving and sacrificial examples to the younger generation because many of the folks in the younger generation did not have a good mom and dad. Amen. So the church plays a role. So I'm asking, would you prayerfully consider being a part of that 100 club? And let's build the church for the next 10 years. 
The church is like a kid to God. You're all kids. I'm a kid to God. God is our Father. And at 10 years old, the kids don't know a whole lot. 20 years old, you know a little more. And 30, you should know a lot more. Our church is 10 years old. So it's time that we continue to grow. Amen? And the fastest way I think that you can grow up and mature is watching other godly people around you. So we're looking at launching that 100 Club. Uh, it could be a mix of, of men and women that want to serve the Lord. I'd love to explore what is, what did you get paid for? What's your talent? What are you good at? And how do we deploy that in the local church to build it up? Ephesians 4.11 is kind of the, the pivotal Bible verse for us uh, in regards to this. It says that God gave apostles and prophets and evangelists, shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. That's the church. So God gives these leadership positions and staff members and to equip saints, that's the church, for the work of ministry. So we want to help equip people. And I think many of you that are uh, in that category, empty nesters, have a lot to offer. And I think that God can use you greatly in the next 10 years. And you younger generation, this doesn't mean uh, that you're off the hook. We all need to be serving. In fact, we launched a kids program, a leadership program, a servant leadership program for kids that when they get out of the kids ministry, they go into junior high and they're junior guides. And they serve as examples and they help teach and they help lead the kids. And then in high school, we have guides and they're guiding other younger folks around them. Everybody has to take their next step in seeking to be a servant uh, for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Number four, I would say, is that we need to be equipping more believers in this church for 2023. What does that look like? It looks like offering new classes. Some of you, maybe you have a, 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 a great marriage testimony and you could teach a class as a husband and wife. There's a lot of young couples in this church that could sure use that. And I can't do all the teaching. Um, some of you could teach a finance class where you want to help people get out of debt. We'd love to help you do that. We need help. Better stewards of, uh, uh, of how God has uh, gifted us in our church. We need to help people manage their finances. I can't always teach a finance uh, series. Uh, so these classes could help. And now that our buildings are, have expanded, we, we've just opened up this uh, last existing building on our campus, and we're so grateful for that. Last night, the high school students had a lock-in, but it opens up all sorts of opportunities for classes. So if you want more education through the church, it's coming. Um, we're partnered up with uh, Phoenix Seminary. We're partnered up with GCU. Um, we've got folks in our church right now that are on staff going into seminary. We have folks that are in our church working full-time going into seminary. We're looking at doing uh, at-church opportunities where you're getting credit and interns and all of that stuff. But nonetheless, we just need to continue to grow in um, our knowledge and understanding of God's Word and how we apply it in areas not only in marriage and finances, but in the foundations of the faith. Uh, what does it mean to be a believer? Can I trust the Bible? Uh, what does it look like uh, to understand the Christian life? We need foundational courses being taught. We need evangelism classes being taught. People understanding what does it look like to share my faith in public with other people? What does it look like 
to share the gospel message. So we need new teachers, new facilitators. In addition to everything that we're already doing, we need some more equipping. Number five, we're looking at uh, launching a Thursday night service in August. Um, We're going to launch it. If it fails, it fails. Um, But we're going to launch a Thursday night service. Uh, When I climbed on top of that mountain and I looked, I saw provision, the rock quarry. The Lord said, Ryan, I provided. There's provision. Let me show you some vision. I looked a little further and there was the Taiwanese plant. And I felt like the Lord said, I'm, I'm bringing in the people. I'm bringing in a lot of people. I hope your church is ready. I hope the church is ready. I hope my church is ready, is how the Lord, I think, would really look at it. The Taiwanese plant is said to uh, be one-tenth of what it could become. Uh, we have folks in the church, all our services now, that are here because that Taiwanese plant is here. Um, God is behind everything. If we remember the Christmas story, I mean, Caesar Augustus is not doing something apart from God's plan and purpose. So that Taiwanese plan is part of God's divine redemptive plan for the North Valley. It's actually a part of God's divine plan for the gospel to go forth into all nations. And this church is a part of that plan to get it done. Amen? So this is a freeway, freeway church. People drive by. Um, there is... Uh, scores upon scores of people that will be moving in over the next 10 years. And so we want to offer more services. We could always build bigger buildings, but we need to start with adding more services. And adding a service that's not on a Sunday morning. We have so many folks that are in the first responders. They work uh, really long hours and cannot make it to a Sunday because they're absolutely wiped out. So they're working all weekend. So a Thursday night service would give the opportunity where they can come to church on a Thursday and then still work on the weekends. And this goes for anybody in the restaurant industry, service industry. If you work on a weekend, you can come on a Thursday night. Thursday night will become our first service. I'll teach the same thing I'm teaching right here. It'll become the first service. We'll have a a full service. Um, There'll be modified childcare. Um, What we're trying to do is we're working with our staff. Imagine um, somebody, a a young family could come if they needed child care. We're looking at providing child care or after school program. So folks could eventually drop off their kids, come over to the courtyard and have a, a meal. They don't have to go home to go eat. They can have a meal right here. And then they can come into a church service with their family and worship the Lord and be a part of what we call North Valley. So we're looking at launching that. And in order to do that, what we're going to need is 50 committed adults that will say, I will give, I will serve, I will attend, I will gather people. That will be the core team. When we started this church, that's what the goal was. Let's get to 50 committed adults, and then we can launch our first Sunday morning service. I still think the same principles apply. We need about 50 adults that would say, I'll commit to at least one year to give, to serve, and be a part of that church service. It's like planning a new church is what's going to happen. Um, it'll be, uh, I think overall, it's going to increase our church attendance. Many of the folks in our church, they go out of town for the weekends. They go hunt, they go fish, they go camp. Uh, they go cabin up north. And what I'm going to tell you is that's okay. I think there's a restorative, wonderful 
amazing experience people can have in the outdoors. This is why so many people live in Arizona called the outdoors. It's called creation. God uses creation to bring healing and hope. It, God uses the sunshine to encourage you. So I don't think we should fight that. I think we should say, great, go do that, but you have a church service. And the truth is, is my heart's heavy for the folks that go and they, all, they go explore the mountain. They go explore the greatest adventures. They try to find their greatest fulfillment and peace on the golf course, whatever it is, active outdoors, that's who we're going for. At the end of the day, they finish and they're not fulfilled. Why is that? Because only Jesus can fill that spot. And so as a church, we need to be able to, you can go into that space and go recreate with them, but share and show the love of Jesus Christ and invite them back to church on a Thursday night. Thursday night, we're looking at launching that. Um, God's Word says to the Apostle Paul when he was uh, challenged, he, God said, Paul, I have many people in this city who are my people. In other words, Paul, I'm going to save a lot of people, a great multitude of guilty sinners that need Jesus Christ. I'm going to save them. Acts chapter 18, 10 tells us that. Thursday night service, I saw that Taiwanese plant and I thought, okay, Lord, you're going to bring a lot of people into this, this valley, this North Valley. Every time I talk to my friends around the state about Phoenix, they, talk, they say, where are you located? I say, North Phoenix. Oh, next to the Taiwanese plant? Man, that's huge. That's like the biggest development in Arizona history. It's going to be massive. It's going to change everything. I'm like, yep, and we're getting ready. Number six for vision for 2023, I'm going to continue to provide what's called uh, truth for life, applicational preaching and teaching. I'm going to teach through the Gospel of John, probably another year and a half, going verse by verse, walking through, explaining it, helping people grasp it. For the believer, it should encourage you, helping you really dig into the storyline of the historical, contextual, grammatical context of the Gospel of John. But for the newcomer, it also gives a great orientation about the life of Jesus Christ and who He is and what the Gospel message is all about. And then I'll provide life applicational preaching and teaching, which gives you points to run on to live by. The Bible tells us that word, uh, all Scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that we can be equipped to complete every good work before us. My goal is in preaching and teaching is helping you figure out how to take the truth and then apply it to your life so that it's going to work. And for the seeker who comes in, he understands in a little bit more about who Jesus Christ is and how he needs him. So I'll continue to preach through the Gospel of John. Uh, I'll do occasional topics of preaching, uh, take a break for maybe just a couple of weeks, and then address a, a, a particular topic. It could be marriage, it could be finances, it could be a number of different things. Um, and then I'll continue to have guest preachers that are seasoned and gifted and called and anointed to preach. Uh, Pastor Del Del Huse, a uh, great mentor, a guy I look up to, former uh, senior pastor of Scottsdale Bible, former president of Phoenix Seminary, will come and preach occasionally. Uh, uh, Pastor Bob Lehman, uh, founder of AZ Hills, will continue to come and preach uh, decades of faithful ministry to the church and to his wife. Uh, these are great, godly, gifted individuals whom I deeply uh, trust and love, and I know many of you do too. Um, so we'll continue to um, 
do that in the area of teaching and preaching. Um, number seven, there should be an increased emphasis on evangelism. This goes for everybody. That all of us can share and show the love of Jesus Christ. Whether you just came to know the Lord like yesterday, or you've known the Lord for a very long time, you can do evangelism. Evangelism is just simply sharing who Jesus is and how he's making an impact in your life. It's sharing the good news about Jesus, that you found forgiveness, that you found hope, that you found eternal life through Jesus Christ. Um, at our church, you need to understand a couple of things. Our church, the church theologically, biblically, is believers. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, um, you are the church. You are the, the, the church is not this building. This is just a building. The church is living and active. The church is you and me collectively together. And so the church are called the saints. And then the question comes, well, who should the church reach? The church should not seek to reach more saints. We should seek to reach seekers. People who are seeking God, hungry, looking for answers to life. The kingdom of God cannot be expanded if all we do as a church is try to reach other Christians to be a part of our church. That is not the vision of this church at all. Uh, that's called sheep stealing. That's not uh, the way I think healthy churches are developed. Healthy churches are developed when believers come for good reasons. You encourage them, exhort them, challenge them to share and show the love of Jesus Christ and reach out to the unchurched around us. Our greatest mission field opportunity is called the North Valley, the North Phoenix Valley. It's your neighbors, it's your coworkers. You need to share and show the love of Jesus Christ. You tell people about what God's been doing in your life, how he's impacted your life, how God impacts your marriage, how it impacts your parenting how the church plays a part of that. You show them the love of Jesus Christ. You, you, you do kind things for them. No strings attached. You show the love of Jesus Christ. This church, we need to increase the emphasis of evangelism, uh, and we need to be hospitable for all those that are seeking the Lord, and they come in. There's booze on their breath. Their eyes are red. They look like they've been out all night long, kind of like you guys do. I'm just joking. Um, but you, they look like they've been out all night long. I've been there before. And if the church becomes a place where only the holy saints get to hang out, that is so discouraging. That's not the church I want to be a part of. So if you're a seasoned saint, what do you do? You show the love of God to the seeker. You wrap your arm around them. And you say, man, God loves you. I love you. I'll help you find and follow the Lord. I'm glad you're here. This can't be a, a, sh a showcase of saints. It needs to be a place where saints and sinners are welcome. Amen? And guess what? Saints and sinners have tons in common. They both sin all the time. In the Bible, the New Testament, the Bible calls that Christians are saints. It doesn't mean that they are sinless. It just means that before God, they are seen as a, a saint because of the work of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean saints don't sin. Um, and if you're a believer in Jesus, you are a saint, but you also are a sinner. 
and you still sin. And at this church, um, I just want to make sure that we don't get off track in 2023 and forget that there's sinners and saints. There's seekers that are going to come, and you should be reaching out to the seekers. You're looking for the people that are hungry for life, but they're trying to fill it with the wrong things. You can't, if you've got an atheist friend who's completely closed off to the gospel message or to the church, chances are their heart's not ready. Uh, Most people, by the way, in the unchurched category, atheism is the smallest, tiniest little percentage of people. Far more people are agnostic. They would say that there could be a God. I just don't know who that God is. I'm without the knowledge. Those people are far more receptive to Jesus and his church. And then there are the people that are not agnostic. They say, I'm a believer. I'm a spiritualist. And I'm looking for life. And I want it. And I might be a Christian, but I'm not sure. Uh, But I really want to be a part of a church or I want to explore Christianity. I'm starting a new teaching series next week called Who is Jesus? My hope would be is all of you, the 100 plus people that are in the room, Go out and tell somebody, we're starting a new series called Who is Jesus? It'd be great if you came to see what God does. That would be so cool. Jesus changed my life, and I know he's changed many of yours. It's worth sharing about. Last story, and I'll close. Um, So here we were. It was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon on September 26, some five, six years ago. Um when we bought the land, we were hoping we could buy a little more, but we didn't have enough money. So we told the owner of the property where the semis sit. It's when you drive in the property. It's the property on your left with the fences. We told the owner, hey, we would really love to buy that land, but we don't have the money right now. Is there any way you could hold it? And he said, yeah, I'll hold it for about three years, two, two, two or three years. So, okay, man, that'd be amazing. How much would you want for that three acres right on I-17 frontage? How much would you want? One million dollars. Oh, man, that's a lot of money. So we keep cruising as a church, kind of pray, talk as an elder team. How could we do this? Could we do this? And we decided we can't over leverage the church. We can't do this. We can't raise more money right now. It's not a smart time. But all of the elders agreed. We felt like the Lord did want us to have that property. So the agreement was on September 26th by 5 p.m., on a particular year, that if we couldn't give the money, we had to call the landowner and say, it's yours, thank you so much for holding it, we can't buy it. So here I am in my office, a makeshift office, um, some five, five years ago or so, and um, the, phone of, uh, uh, the phone rings and then uh, somebody says, you know, Pastor Ryan, there's somebody here to see you. I said, great. I said, uh, you know, is there an appointment? Did I miss this? They say, no, there's no appointment, but this gentleman is very persistent. He needs to meet with the pastor. And I say, okay. Being a freeway church, we, people stop by all the time for the most random things. Um, you know, can we drop off a couch? Like, no, we don't need your couch, you know. Uh, can you pray for me? Yes, we can pray for you. Um, so he walks in and he says, um, uh, are you Pastor Ryan? I said, yes, sir, I am. He's very well-dressed, and um, he said, can I sit down? I said, sure, you can. And I'm thinking this is like a crisis story. You know, I lost my wife. Uh, I'm suicidal. 
you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. He says, I have a confession to make. And I'm thinking, okay, what's this going to be like? <laughs> what kind of confession? Do I have to call the cops after this? <laughs> so um, he says, I have a confession to make. And I'm thinking, okay. I'm thinking maybe he's like a guilty Catholic and he thinks I'm a priest or something, you know. So I'm like, okay, sir, you know, what's your confession? He said, uh, I'm the developer next door. I'm building all those homes. I said, oh, I've heard about you. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being here today. He said, yeah, I, uh, I know that you guys were trying to buy that property right next door to me and in between us, three acres for a million dollars. I said, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we are. Yeah, we are, we were. And he said, I'm so sorry. I actually already put in an offer to buy it out from underneath you. And I'm here today to tell you I'm repenting. I am so sorry. God convicted me. He told me to pull over and go confess to the pastor that I'm so wrong, and I should not do that. And I'm like, wow. First of all, I'm like, you are a godly man. Like, a businessman as successful as you are, driving into some, you know, the property didn't look great back then at all and drives into this church area and finds a pastor and then confesses that i'm like what a power of the holy spirit on this man's life i said i'm i'm so proud of you as a businessman a godly christian businessman to share that with me that's what church do you go to and he's like scottsdale bible i'm like good job scottsdale (laughs) great job what a godly man and i'm like i know pastor jamie i know those guys and he's like oh you do yeah 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 so then he says, um, okay, so Ryan, Ryan, right? I said, yeah. He said, you know what? I feel like the Lord just wants me to tell me the land is yours. I'm not going to buy it. It's North Valley's. God told me. I said, well, that's awesome. But in 10 minutes, I got a call and tell him I don't have the money. And he's like, how much money do you need? And I'm like, a million dollars. <laughs> and he's like, literally, this is the conversation. He's like, you need a whole million dollars? And I was like, well, if we're going to buy the land. And he goes, God told me it was for North Valley. I'm like, well, that's great. That's great. God told you it was for North Valley, but we still need a million dollars. And he goes, pick up the phone. And I'm like, "Mm, who are we going to call? And he said, call the owner. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm on the best terms with him. I've already extended him like a year or so. Like, how well do you know him? He's like, call him, Ryan. And I'm like, you got it, boss. <laughs> so I put it on speakerphone. And he goes, hey. It hits voicemail. He goes, hey, this is so-and-so. Guy developing the property. You and I are on first-name basis. I'm sitting in Pastor Ryan's office. He doesn't have the money today, but God told me that property belongs to the church, so you better not sell it. And I'm telling you what, you better call me later. And I'm like, oh, no, this is bad. <laughs> hangs up the phone. And I'm like thinking to myself, what is this guy doing? Why is this happening? I just want to go home. I'm scared now. I'm like, what is happening? And so meanwhile, the guy says, you know what? I'll tell you what, just give me a few days and I'll call you back. He goes and he takes a few days and he calls all the people at Scottsdale Bible. He calls all the people at Desert View Bible. He calls people probably back in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I came from. And he does a history work on me. 
And he said, hey, um, Pastor Ryan, would you be willing to meet with me? I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I do not know what happened. I, everything just went silent. Like, like, you guys ghosted me. Like, this whole thing was really epic. And I don't know if I'm in trouble with the landowner or what. I'm, we're overdue. I didn't call him and tell him. He said, meet me. I'm going to show up on the campus with you in your courtyard. And uh, I want you to meet me at this time. And um, I'm bringing my attorney. And it's like the suspense. I'm like, what is that? What's going on? So we go in and he said, hey, uh, Ryan, I've been doing research on you and it appears that God's faithfulness is over your ministry. And these other churches around the valley really affirm the work that you guys are doing. And my own senior pastor told me to help you. Isn't that cool? My own senior pastor told me to help you, to help this church. And I said, that's pretty cool. So what does that look like? And he said, well, I don't have a million dollars, but I'm going to give today um, $200,000 to the church. And I want you guys to figure out how to come up with 800 grand. And you guys can buy that property. And then so, first of all, that was an explosion moment of celebration. Can we celebrate that just for a moment? And so... Then he says, and I'll help you put together a small team that can buy and hold the property. And then you guys as a church, you'll own 20% of that property. And then you can go find the rest of the land bankers that will buy and hold that property. And we'll figure it out. But God did speak to me and told me this is for North Valley. And I'm like, first of all, man, I love a guy who's got the faith and the clarity and conviction to just do what's right. What a man to walk into an office and say, I'm sorry, the Lord said this and I shouldn't have done it. And I said, so why are you giving? He said, well, because the Lord told me, first of all, I should have not purchased, tried to buy the land from underneath the church. And I did it. And then he told me to go confess to you and I delayed it. And then after all that, he said, you're in trouble. So you're going to give him some money. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's so funny. And so then, uh, we're friends now, and I would just call it like an angel investor, just somebody who cares about the kingdom. And I pray that we can be that kind of church one day. I pray that you can be that kind of individual. And I pray I would be that kind of senior pastor. Go help them. Go help them. So we found some other investors, and in, in, in this church, and one announcement, I think on a Sunday morning, I made the announcement, and somebody stood up in the church and said, I know somebody else that might be able to help. And within a very short period of time, an individual flew from California and said, I want to help with 750K. And so good things do come out of California. <laughs> really good things. And um, so he shows up and says, no interest for the kingdom. You guys are doing good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is your church. Um, it's your family. And probably one of the greatest investments we could ever make in time and public service is serving a local church. So Father, while all our family, church family are here in the valley, could we all pledge together to give and serve you through our church? for the glory of God, for the good of this city, for the decades ahead, starting in 2023. Multiply our efforts. We thank you for the provision 
that you've provided over the years and showing us that you are pro-vision. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to support North Valley Church by partnering with us through giving, you can do so by visiting us online at northvalley.org. Thanks and have a great day.